All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Wild West Football on the AFC. I am your co-host, Jake Hamilton. I'm here again with John. Uh, John, how's your week going? Doing great. <laughs> Chiefs are in the playoffs, baby. AFC West champions. Okay, all right, dude. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, we'll get to that for sure. We have this is our first pod of 2018. We're gonna. This pod's really just going to be about breaking down the 2017 season, going over some accolades that we came up with um, and... Really kind of how it played out. Um, we'll look at Chiefs-Titans preview, and then we're going to get some, uh, just like Jake said, some accolades and kind of a season in review. Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. And then we're going to, you know, gonna, we're going to answer some questions from our listeners, uh, and then we are definitely going to get into the groomers, uh, the, the, the John Gruden return to Oakland. Uh, how much is there? What is happening? Is this a good move? We'll break that down a little bit. But let's kind of start off with some listener questions that were actually sent into us. We always tweet this out, and it's, it's really great feedback. We love, um, you know, getting the, in, the involvement with our fans and everything like that. But um, here's the first question. It's actually from um, it's from Kingdom Connections, who's actually a Chief fan. Crabtree is rumored to be gone from the Raiders, and Talib saying he might not be with the Broncos next year. Who else wants them to end up on the same same team to enjoy the show? Uh-huh. I, I well, we talked about this yesterday, and this is pure speculation and pure hope, I guess. But you add Akib Talib as our second cornerback on the Chiefs, uh, kind of a shaky secondary opposite of Marcus Peters, and without Eric Berry, I think that would be dangerous. Then you add a, a red zone threat like Crabtree, see them on the same team going up against the Raiders and Broncos twice a year. I mean, I would love to see it as a Chiefs fan. I mean, I really do hate to say it, but Crabtree would be the absolute perfect fit for a Chiefs offense, especially with a passer like Alex Smith, and who knows if he's going to be there next year, but either, even Patrick, Aaron Patrick Mahomes is just a guy who can convert on third down, a guy who can, can catch touchdowns, and you know that's not something to say that Chiefs are lacking, but it's like you have a, a big play on the other end. Now you got to divert more attention towards Crabtree. It, it opens up a lot of things for the whole team. Um, it would be interesting to see them on the same thing. I do not think it'll happen. They are enemies till the end. But an interesting fact is uh, John Gruden actually did draft Aqib Tlaib in Tampa Bay. So who knows if there's a weird connection there still. But Probably not. But uh, that's a good question. We'll find out. Yeah. All and, speculation. Um, let's see. Another one from Juan Gutierrez. Uh, does Gruden's lack of success towards his last years in Tampa and his time away from football worry you? Uh, I mean... Do you do you have any you know what I mean? He's I'm gonna pull up the stats actually because he is a he's you know he was a great head coach. The Raiders actually traded him to Tampa Bay in 2002, and in return they received a first two first round picks, a second and a fourth round pick, and eight million dollars in cash. So obviously you know he was well coveted. A lot of people wanted this guy, or else they wouldn't give up so much draft capital. Um, so. I'm gonna, I got his record right here. Sounds like he's a double agent. <laughs> his Tampa, his winning, his record in Tampa Bay was 57 and 59 for 0.509 win percentage, and in Oakland it was 38 to 38 and 26 for 0.594. Um, you know, we'll kind of break this down further, but the lack of success really doesn't bother me for a couple of reasons. I'm gonna read off the quarterbacks. He had, he's a quarterbacks coach first and foremost. He's an offensive coordinator, and he needs a quarterback to run a system. We saw what he did with Gannon. But um, his quarterbacks in Tampa Bay were Brad Johnson, Brian Grease, Chris Sims, Jeff Garcia, Luke McCown, Rob Johnson, Bruce Gajkowski, and Tim Rattay. 
I'm not sure about you guys, but none of those names really sticks off the board. He never had a guy like Derek Carr. So I'm not really too concerned about his previous um, encounters in Tampa Bay. I think he just never had the right system, the right players in place. Yeah, I would say if you give him a chance to go after Derek Carr, um, someone he's already had multiple conversations with, as Jake's talked about in one of his articles that he's written, um, they had their, their QB camp with Gruden and Carr. And it was just an immediate connection. You can see kind of Gruden foaming at the mouth wanting to get a chance to get his hands on this guy and help him uh, kind of turn the tide for how he's been playing and kind of, I don't know, take that next step is what he can hope if we do see Gruden go to the Raiders. Yeah, and I, I'm not sure if anyone out there has actually seen the quarterback camp video. It's on YouTube. It's only like three or four minutes. I would check it out, but Gruden goes to Carr, I want you. What do you have to say about that? And Carr goes, I appreciate that, man. Let's go win some championships. And it's kind of like, it's kind of an eerie feeling now because it's legit in the works of happening. But I'm not worried about uh, Gruden at all in terms of that aspect. I think he's coming to a, a better overall team than he had in Tampa, minus that defense in 2002. But another question from Juan Gutierrez, which top players could you really see leaving the AFC West? I think there's actually quite a, quite a lot this year. Jump on it. Yeah, I mean, let's start with the Raiders. I think rumors are that Crabtree's gone, which I would fully expect to happen because of his $7.8 million cap hit next year. He certainly has not played to that level of salary. I think Sean Smith, Amerson are both gone from Ra- the Raiders. Bruce Irvin is a potential cut, although he did come on strong the last seven or so games, so he might stay depending on you know who the new hex new head coach is there he's gonna have a lot of say in these decisions and it's gonna be like it's gonna be a little different one, um, one of the biggest storylines in the afc west alex smith yeah. having a great end of the season had one of his best career seasons um setting records and he might be gone at the end of the season there's a good chance he will be so you wonder i keep to leave said uh he sees um, the predecessor in mahomes and he sees that this guy's the real deal is what uh, Aqib Talib, one of the top corners in the league, is saying. So you just wonder if that's what everyone else is seeing or if it's all um, just him being nice, friendly, friendly to the media. You know, you wonder. Big storyline. Yeah, and then uh, you know Aqib Talib also. Um, it's it's to the point where you know I think GMs are noticing that these guys are one getting older, they're getting slower, and they're not playing towards that you know the salary they signed three four years ago or the contracts. So it's. This is where GMs have to make decisions and have to be kind of analytical in terms of they can't um, think we can't have a, an emotional attachment to a player. You have to think financially and what's the best direction for the team. And you know we'll get into more of this cap analysis once we start breaking down cap, which we did nicely I think last year. We really uh, did a lot of research in, in cap space, um, cap availability, and how much a player costs relative to their performance. And we had some really good free agent podcasts last year. So we'll dive into more into that as the offseason progresses. And we know darn well the offseason is not hit yet because the Kansas City Chiefs are still playing. I'm already thinking April draft, but yeah, you're right. So we do have a couple weeks. We'll probably be talking offseason next week realistically when the Chiefs get booted. uh, Let's see. So uh, another question is from Anik on Twitter, and he goes, Having seen all the teams this season and their needs, please do a first-round draft pick for each team based on draft position. and that's a that's kind of an interesting one because let's start off the uh, the Broncos are going to be first in the AFC West. Obviously, they had the worst record. They will be pick number five, and that is set in stone. 
And I think there's a couple different directions they could go with this pick. You know, I, does John Elway, the former, you know, Hall of Fame quarterback, does he take a quarterback again? He took Paxton Lynch only a couple years ago. Or do they wait it out? Do they get a wide receiver? Do they get a tackle? There's there's plenty of different areas and directions they can go with this. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to take the Broncos Raiders. John's taking the Chargers. Um, and the Chiefs do not have a first-round pick. But I really think the Broncos have a, a lot of different areas and in, in directions they can go with this pick. I'm leaning towards the offensive tackle. I really think they might go Connor Williams, who's regarded as the best prospect in this year's draft. He's from Texas. Very decorated career there. And I think just another guy to solidify the offensive line because, you know, they signed Manalee Watson in the offseason, a former Raider. And we talked about the struggles Watson had in Oakland, and he, he certainly brought that over. He earned a 39.8 overall grade with pro football for focus, which is just utterly disastrous. They need someone to lock up this line. They need to give the quarterbacks they drafted a chance at uh, making plays. It's it's really hard when they don't have time. They don't have anything. So I, I'm going Connor Williams with this pick. I think that would be just maybe not the sexiest pick, but just a way to get them and their quarterbacks moving in the right direction. But um, – Back to the Raiders, which will unfortunately be next. They finish six and ten. It's actually they're either going to be nine or ten um, in the draft order, and it really depends on of a coin flip. That's how it works because the the Niners and the Raiders have no um, tiebreakers. Tie yeah, exactly. So it's it's crazy that this, the potential you know future of a franchise is coming down to a, a damn coin. But, you know, I guess that's the way it works. Um, pretty cool. I'm hoping they get nine, you know. that'd be Obviously, that would be the better pick. But the, I have I think, I think there's a couple different directions Oakland can go in this draft. We've seen a lot of names being commonly mocked to the Raiders as Rokotan Smith out of Georgia, and a, a freak athlete. Who just came off an amazing uh, Rose Bowl game. Yeah, he honestly might go before 10 or 9, but linebackers usually tend to go later but he's such a freak athlete and such a, a you know a good player that he might go early and might fix a huge hole a huge void for this Raiders team which has been linebacker the last couple of years I think they could go towards defensive tackle they could look at uh, Denzel Ward from Ohio State University team him up with Conley next year another cornerback Josh jo- Josh Jackson out of Iowa dude I'm just throwing out names and I think if I think they're. I think you know we've seen Reggie focus on defense in the first round. He's hit a defensive player four out of the last five years in the first round. You know the only exception being Amari Cooper. So I think he's going to stick to that and kind of build prospects on this defensive side. But and I want to bring up something interesting. Uh, when John Gruden was the head coach of Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they did select Cadillac Williams. I believe it was fifth overall while he was the coach there. So now you got a running back like Saquon Barkley or Darius Juice. Or I don't know how to say his last name, Geis or something. I really think you know if Barkley were to fall to nine and the Raiders had a shot, I truly do believe there's a shot we take him if we have Gruden, offensive-minded coach. Lynch is coming back uh, another year older. He might be coming back. Let me rephrase. Might be coming back a year older. He's going to cost about six million dollars against the cap. Raiders might decide to part ways, go with Barkley, and have a complete loaded offense. A complete new dimension. We've seen what Zeke does to an offense. We've seen what Fournette does to an offense. Um, Barkley would be an amazing pick. And Gruden's known as a quarterback po- coach, so what better way to uh, kind of keep that status and help Derek Carr by getting a guy who can uh, just command putting eight guys in the box uh, every time. So I think that's a Saquon Barkley-type talent. And uh, you, you wonder what he's going to do. Um, yeah, and those are just some names to follow for Raiders fans for, you know, the keep – keep staying up on up to date 
a lot of stuff still has to happen, but John, why don't you take over the Chargers? So Chargers pick 17. They kind of made a, a run at the end of the season. Um, unfortunately, fell short of the playoffs for some, and now we see that they kind of get the lower end of the draft pick. So the talent is still there at this part of the round. Um, it's a little bit of a different talent. Uh, you're not seeing the high-end linebackers, QBs, and the, the running backs that are the elite-level talent from this draft, but you do see some good guys. Um, Colton Miller, he's an offensive tackle for UCLA, so right in the Chargers' backyard, a guy that um, they have had the luxury of being able to keep their eye on, uh, probably e- just as easy as anybody else throughout the season. Uh, and uh, you never know, that Philip Rivers, how much longer he's got left, so you kind of want to hope you can keep him on his feet, and if you can shore up that offensive line, which made a huge jump, still not the best offensive line, but a huge jump from the previous season, um, from 2016 to 2017, maybe they want to go to that even next level to into 2018. Um, they still got Melvin Gordon, who's playing great. Uh, you want, kind of want to have him hit his next stride, too. He's not at that elite level yet, and you, you want to see if Philip Rivers and Keenan Allen can just have a great combo going forward. So I think offensive tackle is the way to go. Um, you see Colton Miller as a person around this um, in mock drafts, and you also see Chukwumu Okafor um, out of Western Michigan, another offensive tackle who's kind of uh, mixed in at this part of the draft. So I, I do think offensive line is something big that they can still sure up, even though they made strides from 2016 to 2017. Um, time will tell. Yeah, and um, just kind of a... You know, warning of notice. Like when you, when fans are and us included are looking at mock drafts too, because that's a lot. That's what we do a lot of the times to get familiar with players and stuff like that. But a lot of this in values are going to be so crazy in the next couple months. You know, they're going to go through the combine. They're going to have. Uh, there's still a couple bowl games left. Um, and they're putting their last films on tape. They got the All Star game, uh, team interviews, player interviews. There's a lot of things that can really uh, change there you know, their, their value, and it's it's all in their hands right now, and, you know, a lot of shit stuff's going to be leaking, but this is, you know, this is the fun time of year, draft free agency, and, and, and you know, say the Broncos went on and got Kirk Cousins, you know, no team's going to be mocking them a quarterback anymore, so. And, and yeah, exactly, and as you heard, Jake said it's a fun time of the year, um, this is his offseason, because the Raiders typically aren't in the playoffs right about now, uh, this is a great time of year for others because it's called the playoffs. Um, oh but as you know, the Chiefs do not have a first-round pick. They traded to Buffalo uh, last season to move up all the way to 10 to get Patrick Mahomes, who you just saw get his first start. Um, no passing touchdowns. Did all right. Uh, did throw an interception. But just like we said earlier, Keep Tlaib is um, impressed with this guy already. So it's looking likely that he will uh, be their, their starter come next season. And again, all speculation. We, you got to see what Alex Smith does in the playoffs, uh, yada yada. But uh, Chiefs, no first round pick. Give it to the Buffalo Bills, and we will see what they do with the rest of their draft. Great. And that, that was actually all we really had for fan questions this week. Um, so let's kind of get back into some AFC West news. So I was actually with John last week. We were out having a couple beers, hanging out on Saturday night, getting ready for the last week of football. And I get an update on my phone. Uh, Raiders are expected to pursue John Gruden. And, it, and, you know, there's been a lot of John Gruden rumors in the last 10 years. He's always been linked back to Oakland. Mark Davis has really liked this, liked him as a coach, liked him as a person. They're close. So it, I was like, okay, I didn't really think much of it first. And then all these reports started breaking. Uh, you know, they, he was saying, okay, if the Raiders are expected to keep Jack Del Rio, if they can't lure John Gruden out of retirement. 
thing is, John, John Gruden's already been secretly establishing a staff. He's already getting guys that he's already recruiting guys to come join him, whatever team he decides. So he's he's been working very hard. And immediately after Sunday's blowout loss to the Raiders, they lost 30-10 to 10 to the Chargers. Terrible game. Uh, Jack, Mark actually told him immediately after the game, Jack, you will not be the coach of the Raiders next year. Thank you for all that you did. And then Jack had to get on stage and announce his own firing, which I think was you know, a little, I don't want to say unethical. I don't know the word exactly for it, but that kind of sucks for Jack. You know, He did a lot for this team. But so now it's it's pretty much set in stone that Gruden is going to be the next head coach. They have to comply with the Rooney rule, which was established in 2003. The Raiders must interview at least a minor, minority candidate, give them at least a shot, give them a fair choice. We know the history with the Raiders. This should not. They have they have an African American GM, but they still have to comply with the rule, which is a, it's a great rule. But I really, you know, they have to move forward with that. So that's kind of the process they're in. And actually, Gruden is working is calling the Chiefs Titans playoff game with ESPN. It's going to be his final game in the booth, and people are speculating he might announce he's the next Raiders head coach on air, which would be kind of cool. But, uh, John, any thoughts on this John Gruden hiring? I can see you kind of shaking over there, and it's definitely not cold. I know you're getting sweats a little bit, me just saying the name Gruden. I'm just I'm foaming at the mouth ready to go at this guy. <laughs> I mean, he's talking about Derek Carr. He's a quarterback coach. Um, and this guy is going to see what Chiefs Kingdom has to offer and why Derek Carr shakes every time he knows he has to go there. But now, all jokes aside... <laughs> Um, I definitely think this would be a big move because the Raiders have so much talent on their team. Um, we talked about it on the last podcast. Derek Carr um, is a big part of the problem. He's also a huge part of the solution. We talked about Jack Del Rio was a big part of the problem, not necessarily a part of the solution at all. So uh, if you can get a new coach in there, new coaching staff, get their hands on Derek Carr and kind of turn him around, I think without a doubt the rest of the talent on the team follows. So we will find out. I think it's nothing but a, a good move for the Raiders. Um, I think with the talent on their team, there's nowhere but up from here. I, I, I see no possibility um, that if they made this move, they would miss the playoffs next year. I think the AFC West would be tighter than it ever has. Uh, I think I think the Chargers only get better as well. So Gruden's definitely stepping into a, a position where a bit of a hot seat. I think he, he'll have a longer leash than any other uh, coach that would step into a position like this. But, uh, yeah, it'll be a great test to see how far he can bring Derek Carr, especially against their AFC West rivals and the Chiefs, um, who have had his number throughout his career. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you really hit the, the nail on the head right there. And I, I'm excited from a football standpoint, but you, you, can, you can turn back to our podcast before the season. I was excited. I thought we were going to go 12 and 4, 10 and 6, whatever. But I'm st- I, mean, I am excited about this move. And I actually recently wrote a, a very, it's a pretty long read on greenoutinterexperts.com. I'm just debating, is Gruden a good hire for the Raiders? Um, there's been, not speculation, but some fans, some people have been saying, this may be a PR stunt. You know, the Raiders are moving to Vegas. What kind of Cinderella story could we get? We brought Marshawn back to Oakland. You know, what's going to sell tickets in those last few years in Oakland? John Gruden will. So there, people have been speculating that, but I, want, I did some research, and when John Gruden took over the Raiders in 1997, they were 4-12. Four and twelve. His first season, they were eight and eight, eight and eight. Then they went back to back AFC West champions and championships, or AFC champions. I'm sorry. And I also want to. This is something I we, we've been talking about how good Gruden is with quarterbacks. I want to kind of read something to you that I did some research on, and it's pretty cool because 
you know, I was like seven years old when this happened. I was not even, probably five. But many of you guys probably know this. Uh, Rich Gannon was a kind of a quarterback. He was kind of the Josh McCown of the late 90s, I guess. He played with four or five different teams. He's a fourth-round draft pick. You know, he didn't have that pedigree of being a, a winning quarterback, being, you know, a great, fantastic quarterback. He uh, So, you know, Gruden goes out to get him, and then he goes to four straight po- Pro Bowls. He won the NFL MVP award in 2002, and he was two times first-team All-Pro. He had a very decorated career under Gruden. And, that, you know, that just shows you the kind of, you know, what he can do with Derek Carr potentially is take him to that next step, something Downing and Jack Zero had no shot of doing. So I'm, I'm excited for that. I'm just excited for his leadership, his passion. This guy is hungry. This guy is a competitive coach. There's videos out there from 2000s where he is, like, yelling at players, screaming at them. And, you know, that's the kind of – I feel like that's the fire this young team needs is someone to, you know, get them excited. So I'm really excited from that standpoint. I'm really, I'm really excited for Gruden and in the staff that he will bring. Uh, I, I also want to bring this up quickly before I move on to another topic. We'll kind of break down Gruden if he's officially hired. It's expected to happen next week. But I, I was talking to someone actually who listens to the Greg Papa show in Oakland, and he said that there's three players that were really disparaging to the Raiders locker room. Uh, and it's, Some are surprising, some aren't. First being Marshawn Lynch second being Jared Cook, and the third being Michael Crabtree. And I'm, I'm, what I meant by, like, disparaging or whatever is they, they just, you know, the, the locker room mentality wasn't the same as it was in 2016. It wasn't like, it didn't feel like they were family, stuff like that. And basically what Greg said is that Marshawn would tease Derek Carr in front of players. And, I, you know, Derek obviously in good spirits, I guess we'd laugh at it, but I guess it, it kind of lost the, the respect he commanded as the quarterback. Team Players started to look at him differently. And who knows of the how true this is? We weren't there, but still, it's interesting to think about. I don't think with Gruden, none of that's going to happen. I don't think he's going to. I don't think Gruden will ever have a problem about losing a locker room. I think he's going to be the locker room. So, you know, I'm excited for the hire. Uh, but yeah, I mean, let's kind of let's move on. You know, we still have a, we still have a preview. We still have a playoff game in this division. One we must talk about. And let's get into it. The Chiefs versus the Titans Saturday at 4.30. Uh, you know, the Chiefs, probably the, the luckiest position in terms of fantasy, or in the in terms of playoffs this this first week. The Titans are looked at, yeah, as one of the weakest teams who made the playoffs uh, in both divisions, both conferences. So uh, there's no team uh, that you can overlook, but uh, the Titans without DeMarco Murray, um, Derrick Henry averaging 2.5 yards a carry over the last five weeks is l- lowest in the NFL with a minimum of 50 carries. Uh, you're looking at Chiefs playing at home, just a big advantage for them. Can't take anyone lightly. The Titans obviously beat the Chiefs last time they were in Arrowhead, so uh, that was last season. So we see if they can uh, continue that luck. But um, if all things, if Chiefs play uh, their game, their style, I, I see um, very little scenarios where the Titans can come out on top. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think this is a team, you know, we've seen Mariota struggle all year. It's been the kind of the storylines through ha- through fantasy writers, through NFL writers. It's like, what is going on with Mariota? Like, he was so good last year. It's just not the same. And this team is not, this team is, like you said, probably the easiest team in the playoffs. I think the Bills are a better team than the Titans. Um, and, you know, it's some people have been saying this is the Chiefs' bye week. Not necessarily, I don't think. But, it's, you know, it's a home game. It's an arrowhead against the Titans and the playoffs. 
Is there any area of the game that you think the Chiefs are going to have to really outplay the Titans? The one area, or one, I'm going to rephrase that, one area they can attack this Titans team and really, you know, get a strength hold of this game and just dominate. It's. I think it's definitely up front. If they can block like they've been blocking in the run game uh, for the past three weeks now and, and like they did at the beginning of the season, then it, without a doubt it'll be um, just a great, great momentum changer for them. It, they'll be going early and often. And when the Titans are playing from behind, this falls right into the Chiefs' game plan because um, their playmakers in the secondary, Marcus Peters, um, Daniel Sorensen, can have a chance to just do just that, make plays. And uh, if you're getting a quarterback who's trying to sling the ball on the Kansas City Chiefs, it's just not how it works. To beat the Chiefs, you're going to need to run, get up early and often, and make the Chiefs do just that, throw the ball wild in the end. So uh, the Titans definitely have a chance to make that happen. If Derrick Henry has a big game in the, in, in running, and doing just that and with the screen games that he's had success with lately, uh, then the Titans do have a chance. That's what they're going to need to do. The Chiefs, uh, that falls right into their game plan, like I said, and that'll, that'll be their best chance to stop it. If they can slow down Derrick Henry, get an early lead and block for uh, for Kareem Hunt, then everything else opens up in that offense. As you've seen, they're 8-0 when Kareem Hunt has uh, close to 100 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, no, I, I actually I really agree with the comments you just made. Uh, we don't agree a lot, but for that I do agree. Uh, I think this is I think the Chiefs I've said this a lot all year but for this match particularly I think the Chiefs are really our favorite in all three aspects of the game in terms of special teams uh, offense defense I think I, I cannot envision I feel like every time I've said this I can't envision the Chiefs losing somehow they'll lose but I still I really do mean this I cannot see a way they lose I think this is going to be similar to the game they crushed Houston a couple of years ago and then you know they went on to get beat probably by the Steelers I forgot but I think this is that type of game. Going to be an easy win. But, you know, we want to get into score predictions. Any other comments, excitement, feeling? I, I think we've said pretty much all you can say. This is, you know, what you're getting into. All these playoff teams have more than enough tape on them. Uh, Chiefs going up against the Titans, 4 30 Eastern Time this Saturday. So tune in if you're a Chiefs fan. It's going to be a good one. You're not going to want to miss it. Um, score prediction. I'm, I just can't see the Chiefs being held under 25 points. So I'm going to go 28. Kansas City, 17 Titans. I think they put up a bit of a fight, but um, you, you see most of the points that are coming on the Chiefs in these big victories are coming late in the fourth quarter on kind of uh, plays that don't necessarily matter. So I'm going, yeah, 28-17, Kansas City over Titans. I'm going to go 31-10. I think, like I said, I think it's going to be similar to that Houston game. Chiefs are going to be amped up. They're going to get going early, and I think the train's not going to stop this week. Sure. Uh, probably stop next week, but <laughs> we'll get into that. So that's kind of you know the one team the Raiders had in the playoffs. The Chargers just missed it, by the way. They needed the uh, the Ravens to win. They would have been in, I believe. But the Bengals came back on that fourth and twelve, which put the Buffalo Bills in. And you know it's weird because the Chargers beat the Bills by fifty. So it's kind of weird how the tiebreakers work. It's you know it's disappointing for Chargers fans, but you know very encouraging signs as they move forward. But we're gonna let's we're gonna do our, like our season in review. This isn't. It's just we're gonna do a couple sentences on best way to just describe what went well, what went wrong yes. for each team. And it's gonna be real quick. But uh, let's talk about the Raider season. Uh, I'll go. Uh, what went well? What went wrong? What went well really was the offensive line still very good in pass protection. Not a lot went well. Uh, Khalil Mack had another fantastic year. That's really all that went well. Uh, I think, I mean, I'm sure there's a little more. You know, I had a couple of good free agent signings, but that's really what went well. What went wrong was the coaching staff, Todd Downing, Jack Del Rio, uh, Derek Carr's regression. 
we'll talk about that. You know, off the field issues or you know problems. It's just a lot of things went wrong for the wrong for the Raiders. Defense played poorly majority of the year. So and you know they're six and ten. So you know a lot went wrong. But uh, yeah, let's you want to. I'll do the Broncos. Yeah, yeah what went well? Uh, they managed to retain a, a ton of talent. <laughs> Uh, that's pretty much it. They they really, what went wrong, uh, they haven't really got a quarterback to get their feet under them and kind of carry this team because you see all the talent, the wide receivers, the defense. Um, you have a couple decent running backs who can get it done. Uh, you saw C.J. Anderson, first 1,000-yard uh, season this year. And, uh, yeah, if you can get a quarterback, then uh, all that talent will kind of flourish behind it. They, they've seen it before with Payne Manning. Obviously, Paxton Lynch had a... I mean, not Paxton Lynch, I'm sorry. Uh, Osweiler had a great season with him. So uh, just something they need. What went wrong, uh, they need, 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 need uh, help on that offensive line and a quarterback, and I don't know if they can do it um, in the draft. But they got number five pick, so I guess that went well too. Yeah, and I'll head up the Chargers. What went well really is this offense looked decent, and honestly what went well was the defense. Uh, the first time I think in a long time the offense and the defense clicked even without Jason Verrett, they had Ingram, Bosa. They had Hayward, who's probably a top three cornerback this year, top two maybe. Great rookie draft picks besides Mike Williams. Uh, Desmond King had a fantastic year, probably in contention, maybe lowly in contention for defensive rookie of the year. It's probably going to be Lattimore or you know a couple of other options. But really it was the defense that went well for this team, really kept them in games a lot. You know, the coaching, great coaching. Uh, and, you know, they're going to try and retain defensive coordinator Gus Bradley. We'll see how that goes. But I'm really uh, encouraged for the Chargers and by their play this year. Um, and, you know, just another, you know, they're separating themselves from the Broncos as being the bottom of the division. And we'll, we'll break that down more. But what went wrong was, uh, I don't I, I, I don't know what went wrong, really what went wrong. It seemed like they just didn't have the passion Kicking. at times. Yeah. Um, to go on such a, a great stretch to end the season, it just you just wonder where it was at the beginning of the season, where this passion, yeah. and this drive was yeah. to start. Oh and four, started slowly out of the gate, and, and they won two of those first four games. They're in the playoffs. They're AFC West champions. So uh, weird to think about it like that. How important those first four were, but very impressive to fight back like that. I'm not sure really what happened. And another issue was really their kicking team. They couldn't find a solid kicker all year. Even against the Raiders this week, they missed a couple. So. Yeah, let's hit the Chiefs. Chiefs, what went well? So oh, we hit okay. on yet another draft. Um, you saw it throughout this year. We saw Kareem Hunt come and take the lead. Um, he was the number one rusher in the league. We saw Patrick Mahomes uh, have a great win uh, in his very first start. And I, superstars like Akeem Talibar congratulating him. Uh, and you see uh, another pass rusher, Tano Passanone. I'm very proud of myself for saying that right. <laughs> uh, had a great game against the Broncos. And it's kind of really the first time he got a lot of playing time. And, uh, yeah, just another uh, draft that the Chiefs hit on. Andy Reid has been doing great at that. Uh, what went wrong? Uh, the consistency that we hoped and hoped and hoped would go away is still there. Um, you saw them start 5-0 and and then have what a collapse it was. Uh, got their record about 500 at one point and then went on a good stretch to end the season right to playoff time. So hopefully they've hit the run at the right spot. But the problem with the Chiefs over the years has been their consistency. Seasons where they start five and zero, seasons where they start nine and zero, and then they they don't make deep runs in the playoffs. It's just very frustrating to see. It's not that the talent's not there. It's not that the coaching's not there. It's just a lack of consistency. What team will show up? And that's what's been going wrong for the Chiefs for years. Great, and uh, yeah, let's kind of head into our last segment, a, a, uh, the AFC West accolade section. Um, we kind of we we spent a couple a couple 
minutes, 30 minutes or so, discussing our options, going through some tats. And we kind of collectively agreed on some guys. John kind of poked me on some that I didn't agree with, but he kind of got me around. Yes, who did it best, who surprised us most, et cetera, et cetera. These are the accolades of the AFC West. you want to kick off the first one? Yeah, let's do the AFC West MVP. Uh, and, you know, I think this is the one that we actually said the same answer. This year it definitely was Alex Smith. Uh, surprise, surprise. Seriously. Something we never thought we'd say. I would have never said this before the season. But first time in his career, threw for over 4,000 yards. He had 26 touchdowns, five interceptions. Led the Chiefs basically to the AFC West division. Won big games when they needed to. And talk about yeah, talk about this guy's clutch for this season. When they when the Chiefs have been trailing, he has a seventy two percent completion percentage with fourteen TDs to only two interceptions. So this guy's definitely played the AFC West MVP. Yeah, and I think there this one was no brainer. I don't, I don't think anyone really come competes. I and mean, you, you could throw in Phil, but let's get into AFC West fantasy football MVP. You know, you know we've been very adamant that to all our followers that we were big fantasy football players. And this one, we this is one we didn't agree with at first, but I kind of came around and I agreed that he was right. Uh, so John said Cream Hunt. I originally said Keenan Allen because uh, Keenan finished as a top three wide receiver, but you know Hunt was the rushing leader of the year in terms of yards. But fantasy point scores, I believe he was third with 295. Keenan had 284. And if you just kind of think about value for this one, you know Cream after the the injury to uh, Spencer Ware. Spencer Ware. He was getting drafted like round four, round five, but before that, people were getting him round ten, round eleven, and then uh, he blew up, and he was the rushing leader. So I think for draft value and compared about where you got him to where he finished, he's by far the best value, and for sure the fantasy MVP. But the only argument really for Keenan is, you know, it's consistent. You know, he never had that stretch of games where he'd get forty yards and one catch for ten. You know, he was consistent all year round. And a very good option. So either one, really. Yeah, and another reason we had to, we felt the need to give it to Kareem Hunt, AFC West champion. It's kind of hard not to find someone on the Chiefs roster to give it to. Um, of course, the, the Chiefs' success is directly tied with the offensive line and Kareem Hunt and how he did this season. So you saw them 8-0 and when he had 100 yards in a TD. So I'm Kareem Hunt, uh, it was close, but we had to give it to him. <clears throat> and then let's get into the AFC West, the best duo in terms of you know the best two players, I guess, at the same position that you know dominated and, and we kind of danced around uh the idea of giving it to someone on another team but really we just came back to uh honestly between three chargers duos and uh we ended up going with ingram and bosa yeah we, but we we thought about Ing- well, ingram and bosa hayward and trevor williams two cornerbacks and then we went philip and keenan uh, we thought you know those those duos were on fire most of the year and you know there's definitely some chiefs guys that you could throw in there too offensively but you know it came down to ingram and bosa ingram had 10.5 sacks bosa had 12.5 so they combined for 23 sacks total which is just unreal i think bosa i'm actually gonna pull it up right now bosa had four forced fumbles this year one fumble recovery so you know he they were just there all the time you know and looking at the other end ingram had one pass deflection and one forced fumble two recoveries a touchdown so it's just like these guys were unstoppable and you know john made the point you want you know about what you said about cornerbacks and stuff how they helped them uh, yeah the cornerbacks definitely helped this duo but then you look at it vice versa and it all starts up front if you can get pressure on the quarterback um like melvin ingram and joey bosa did then it, it all starts from there the cornerbacks had a great season i would credit them um just as much as i would credit the defensive line but i would say that the defensive line helped them more and then uh, you look at how many close games they won i mean philip rivers wasn't able to 
with the exception of a few games, just blow teams out. Um, he ironically did uh, blow the Buffalo Bills out, who made the playoffs just over them. But uh, they won too many close games, uh, and you got to credit the defense for keeping them in it uh, when, when they just couldn't put points up on the board, even when they had such an electric duo between Phillip Rivers and Keenan Allen. Yeah, and let's get into the next one, AFC's West Most Entertaining. I'll let you say this one. I know you're ready. Yeah, it's a, we, we both agreed beast mode. Uh, great, great story coming back to his hometown of Oakland. And just seeing him on the sidelines, picking fights with refs, dancing when they're up by 40. Only Skittles, Skittles, as always. Literally, there's videos of a guy bringing Skittles over to Marshawn on the bench. And just seeing like how who he is on the sidelines sometimes. He's a funny guy. His Bleacher Report on Earth, an interrupted video series, just hilarious. So, yeah, most entertaining. Doesn't mean best player by far, but, you know, <laughs> he kind of came on late in the season. Had a, had a solid year, one that... He had, he had some beast mode-esque carries. Yes, exactly. I wish we could have gotten that the whole year, but... Uh, let's go into the AFC's West biggest surprise. What is one you know one thing we did not expect going into this season? Did not expect at all, and it's something we agreed on immediately, Derek Carr. Um, just like we'll, we've said before, and we'll say it again, uh, big part of the problem, very big part of the solution. So you know the talents there. You've seen what he can do. He did it this season also. He beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, and an absolute scorcher of a game for him. He just kind of had that Mamba mentality that we've always talked about with him. And then the rest of the season was just not so good. Raiders obviously fell short of the playoffs. They went six and ten. They're in a tiebreaker for the tenth pick, ninth, tenth pick of the of the draft. So it just was a disappointing season. A lot of it was on Derek Carr. Um, most of it was on the coaching staff. But Derek Carr, big part of the problem, big part of the solution. Did not see this coming. Yeah, and I, you know, we like you said, we both totally agreed on that. Just his regression as a as a player. We'll see next year if it was the system or is it if it's him. We'll you know we'll, we'll be able to talk more, but I'm I'm confident in him. And then let's go and you know that this one kind of leads into this one. The NFL started a lot of touchdown celebrations. So it was a very fun year, seeing uh, everything from around the league. But the AFC West, their best touchdown touchdown celebration, we said was the sack race by the Chiefs. Um, you want to kind of. Yeah, explain yeah. that one. So this was actually uh, Albert Wilson's idea. He was injured this week, didn't get in on it, but it was uh, it was Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, uh, led by Dwayne Harris, um, who was kind of given the the go, and they did their potato sack race. Um, Kelsey obviously was the winner. He came out after he scored the touchdown, and it was voted on by the players uh, that the the Vikings duck duck goose was number one. The sack race for the Chiefs against the Cowboys was. Uh, number two, Juju and Le'Veon's hide and seek was number three, and then the electric slide was awesome by the Eagles was number four. But that was a player vote, so we had to hop on board with that. That was definitely a, a funny and fun season. The NFL is bringing some fun back uh, with the custom cleats. The the touchdown celebrations are back, so it was a good year, very good year. Yeah, I agree. And then uh, this leads us into the AFC West's great. We say quote unquote is like. Kind of who has the most history, who has been doing this the longest, any cool you know, history that he passed in the league. And we both agree that Phillip Rivers, he had a couple cool accomplishments this year. He was the AFC West great. Um, for those of you who don't know, he surpassed 100 wins, top 15 in history. He was the ninth. He goes the ninth in 50,000 yards passing, and he has tied six miles in touchdown passes with Frank Tarkenton with 342. So he's making a case for Hall of Fame, slowly but surely. Uh, still no no championships or anything like that, but they're surely on their way. Um, 
And that kind of leads us into, you know, this is the AFC West best jersey to own. You know, this is, you know, jerseys are a great thing to wear. Fans wear them all the time. So who would you own right now, John, if you could? I would throw on a Patrick Mahomes jersey. I already oh, have the Eric Berry. We've talked about game, that before. <laughs> Mahomes only have one game. He's already getting touted by a cornerback all-star, Aqib Tlaib, that this guy's the real deal. Um, but more more than that, it just uh, – as much success as the Chiefs had, the Chiefs have had in the past years, it just shows such a bright future. I mean, this guy's clearly going to be the quarterback um, of the future, with Kareem Hunt uh, and a bunch of other young guys just all around that team. So he's going to be a leader. We got to have. And I went with the uh, the traditional Khalil Mack, the guy who has not let us down in over. You know, he's been in the league well four years now. He has been there. He's been a solid. He's been a superstar. I think. I think if you don't have a Khalil Mack jersey at this point, that's the one you need to grab. He's going to be a Raider legend, a Raider great, and he's surely on his way fast. So, yeah, that's really the accolades we had for the season. Sorry, Broncos, we didn't really have anything for you to win. Maybe the team that started the most quarterbacks this year. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's that's our first episode in the new year. Uh, we hope you all had a happy holiday. Stay safe in the cold uh, conditions, the blizzards, all that. But, uh, John, any last regards to the 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 big game on Saturday. oh yeah. yeah i mean what a year in review uh great year didn't obviously turn out the afc what most people expected but uh just something we're excited for the chiefs are still in it um there's hope for them there is hope uh, for a lot of these teams the broncos are our quarterback away maybe the chargers are kind of just moving in the right direction you see gruden get his hands on the raiders then there's just as much hope for the future as we had uh, before and man i mean the it's wild west football indeed in the afc so i don't know Go Chiefs. Yeah, we'll see. And we'll be back next week for another episode uh, recapping the Chiefs. We'll talk some more, see if the, the Gruden rumors come true, analyze that some more. And, you know, we'll, you know, we'll look forward to the next week of playoffs if it happens. So hope you guys have a good week, and we'll see you next week.